Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading, 365 study on the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 22. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your great love. Thank you. You carry us in your bosom, carry us in your arms. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for covering all areas of our life that are needed and were restored and made good. And we say yes and then yes, amen, to your covenant. Yes and amen to your ways, Lord. We thank you for the word of life. And give us ears to hear it, eyes to see. Enlarge our hearts to understand what the, the, the word is telling us in Jesus' name. Amen. What? You're just tired. Yeah. We're just going I look tired. You need a break. <laughs> Babe, it's already 9.30. Let's get up and move around and do something. Get some fresh air. Do something. Let's read the word of God, baby. Afterwards, let's get this. Okay, no falling asleep. Um, I didn't sleep that well. I was up I too early again. Thank you, everyone, for coming on today's podcast. Anna doesn't know we're recording. Mm. <laughs> Why are you recording? Oh, I'm just this for tomorrow. Oh. Well, you're not going to put this and post this, are you? I was, because it was good, but no, you messed because up. because you... It's, no. No, babe. Okay. Because it was too long a prayer, right? I don't know. If what you're doing that, you're like all over the place. I'm trying to find my spot. Jesus. Oh, you want to. <laughs> it's on page 377, 376. See, see if you have the same number. 376. April 10th. Okay, April 10th. Yes. Luke thirteen twenty two. Okay, yeah. Okay. Do mm-hmm. we want to read it together? See how it goes? Let's try and read it no, together. No, I don't want to read it together. I want to just... just let's try it. No, me. no, let's not. You gotta try something. <sighs> we can't. Why is you don't want to read it with me together? No. What's the purpose of reading it together? I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm reading so I can get revelation, babe. Jesus went through the towns of the villages. Fine, I'll read it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? Oh, I love this. He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but fail. Ooh. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. Mm. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught us in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you do who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, someone who seems least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be least important then. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. Herod and Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, 
and the third day, I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way, for it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Wow. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader at the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. There was a man whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the religious law, is it, per- is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a ditch, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they could not answer. All right, what do we have on this? Oh, um, real real quick, like, what is it? Of course, it's still talking about the three days. As you notice, I have three today, tomorrow, and the third day. I will accomplish my mission, he says. He's talking about the full, his full life expectancy of his ministry, huh? Interesting, interesting, interesting. Luke 13. Wow, he's really harping on the the Sabbath healings he's doing. He hit him right in the nose. I said, he's asking them questions. I said, because they have minor laws on the main law. Yeah, they they didn't answer though, mm. you know, and so, um, but he knew what, what they were thinking. And he said, "Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out?" And they didn't answer. Mm-hmm. So I think they knew what the right answer was. They just didn't want to speak it out, right? Right. Because then they would be siding with what he was saying and the last that's the last thing they wanted to do is side with him in order to you know, they have this law that they're pushing on the people. And healing but people. It, is... And now if they side with them they think, Oh, you are who you say you are and they didn't want that because they know the people were gravitating towards him and that things were about to get about to change. You know, Jesus had to have so he can illustrate his points. He had to have a people with heart and heart yeah. so he can go back and illustrate his points so then write them so us humanity would be saved. You know, he was, he was, they had to have an enemy to, 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 and the scripture says, or in John, if, in Isaiah, where it says, with hearing ears, they hear, hear. but they may not get healed. And I'm right. always thinking, well, doesn't he want them to get healed? Yeah. I said, or I should heal. I should, he's obligated to heal, but if their hearts are hard, your ears are not open, your heart's in the wrong place, and you're not seeing the kingdom of God right before your eyes, you're not receiving it, right? Yeah, so so I, I, I see that as part of his plan for them to bring out the importance of the Sabbath, you know, and and, and I think there were rules on top of the rules. Okay. Yeah, and maybe well, some of them were, well, okay, but... um. 
that that's a very interesting thing. They didn't want to speak because they didn't want to agree with him because then that means they believed who he was, right? They didn't want to fall. They didn't want to believe, right? What does your commentary say in the other book? Um, so, um, okay, what else? Well, the one that hits me and it scares me is, um, you know, and work hard to enter the narrow mm, door of the mm. kingdom of God for many will try to enter right. but will fail. Right. And a lot of people ended up in the bar pounding down beers because of that one right there. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading. Lord, see, this, we're talking about salvation right here. So... And then, and later on, we'll talk about the weeping of Jerusalem. But right now. Okay, I think this is the one scripture that always is, I believe, not, is taken in context. That you got to work for your salvation. Okay. And Jesus said, he's already, you know, he's already done the work for you. You don't have to work by your own self-efforts, your self-righteousness, right? That you receive Jesus by faith, you believe who he says he is, you believe he died on the cross for you. Now, um, because I've, I've, I've heard Pastor Prince teach on this also, and he's always, um, I, I just resonated well with me in that he's, he, Jesus replies, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. So people take it like, I've got to go knocking on doors. i got to work and make my salvation to get in. I don't want to be one of the, those when the master says, you know, who are you? I, you know, when they knock and they plead, open it, let us in. Okay. I know you where you come from. We ate and we drank with you. I think we went over this recently. Uh, we ate, we drank with you, and you taught us in our streets, right? So, Jesus was teaching. By that time he was on in, in, in Jerusalem, he was teaching the people. And they're saying, but hey, you know, we, I mean, I, I, it has to be they didn't receive Jesus. But wait, he was telling them that before he died. Before mm -hmm. he died, right? Yeah. So, Okay, so sometimes we say, well, so-and-so was saved. You could tell they were saved already, right? Because they, I mean, this is, <clears throat> but, you know, then he could be looking at the future here. Will only a few be saved? Okay, so he's answering that question in a bigger vision, I think, bigger, bigger picture, Work hard to enter the narrow door to God. Okay, so here it says, to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late and you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door. I don't know you where you come from. Then you, you will say, well, I ate with you, I drank with you, didn't I? And you taught in our streets. And he'll reply, I tell you, I don't know where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. 
you see right here on the, um, it says this part of, um, this is a quote from Psalm 6, 8, verse 13, 27, uh, talking about, but Lord, we dine with you and walk with you and you taught us. And he will reply, don't you understand? I don't know who you are for you're not part of my family. You cannot mm -hmm. enter in. Mm -hmm. Now go away from me for you're disloyal to me and do evil. This quote is taken from Psalm 6, 8. Though they were acquaintances, they uh -huh. had not responded to his message with uh -huh. repentance. Ah, oh, okay. The word disloyal is taken from the Aramic. Aramic the question to ask is not simply, will the... Will the saved be few, but rather, will it be you? Will it be you? So that's where it comes in. Work hard to enter in. In other words, make sure you get love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love Jesus. Make sure you get saved that point. Work hard to get that point in. Oh, and, and your righteousness that you have. We're hard to believe that he's made you righteous yeah Not but that's after the efforts. fact right now i'm just trying to get it and i can think about the 14 times that many years it took me to work hard to make sure i was in mm -hmm. you know i kept i didn't feel in i kept sinning and i go get in and, and repenting and keep going in and in and in and in and finally to the lord touched my heart and i go wow i work hard to get in i work hard to get in to believe uh -huh. some people is well, easy your, your belief right yeah, some, some people, people are easy, easy to, to, to okay. get in. Me, it was just a little, way harder than it should have been. I wasn't taught to believe when I was. Well, so you see, because he's talking to non-Jewish people that did not come up with the word of God. That you know, it was very easy for people to, that that came up with the word of God and were had soft hearts, and they repented a long time ago, and were already saved with with the Old Testament. So when they, Jesus came in, he he got those those people were easily trans transmitted into the kingdom of God, but there was a lot of other Jewish people that did not open their hearts to salvation, and now he's got a third people, which is the Gentiles. Those are the ones that really have to work hard because they don't have any taste of Psalms, they don't have any taste of the of the beauty of the literature that helps you. Because the Holy Spirit is all over the Old Testament. You know, salvation is all over the Old Testament. Someone to miss it, there really has to have a, a critical, condensating, judicial, uh, can't get rid of evil on their own from their own heart. You know, I don't know if you follow me. but uh, Kind of, a little sort of. Yeah, and in the I'm other... I'm going too deep, too far for the masses. You know, for the uh, speaking for... Well, I mean, I think this is really a good thing that pops up with people sometimes. You say, well, I don't want to be the one the Lord says, I never knew you. Okay, but they believe, right? Right. So, um, so the point is, when you receive Jesus and we believe in him, then we're in. Nothing can snatch us out of the Lord's hand. Right, right. But my flesh doesn't know it. My spirit may know okay. it. Okay. But my, my, my flesh is being transformed slowly. I never knew anything about God. I got saved, but my, my habits still have to be transformed. You know, my heart is saved, but, but my habits still want to pound some beers down. Yeah, but My habits still want yeah. to fight and argue. I mean, still today is still yeah, the same I mean, problem. We're, we're growing, a, right? We're, then then we're I not, get... You're not going to like, oh, you're born again, and now all of a sudden you're perfect. No, that's That's where condemnation is. comes in. Yes. For 
than Gentile. Yes. So yeah, we're talking from a Gentile con- yeah. point of view. Yeah, you have to constantly re- trans- be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Right. Stop condemning yourself. That's afterward. You've been made right. righteous. Well, I had a, Jesus sees you as a son. I can tell. Right I mean, well, you went through a condemnation. Yes. All of us go. Yes, we do. Okay, so we're we're actually talking before the, you know. How long did it take us to come out of that period? A while. Well, it was years, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say when I met you, I really still, you know. You judge me. No, when I met you is my when I when I got into God's purpose for my life is when I started to see my. Well, you hang around me, position. kid. You had no choice but read your Bible. Okay, lad. <laughs> no, because I was. Anyway, it's a long journey, but. You came in but, contact but, with the Lord at 12 years old, but then you came in contact again when you were eight, in 19, in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, at 12, I already knew the Lord in my heart, <laughs> right. you know, but to be discipled is another thing. And I really and believe we I'm got a great about. discipling listening to Pastor Prince's ministry also. Oh, well, the Bible di- teachings that we receive really... It, it starts with us judging ourselves. Are we interested or not, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that's when I saw the growth start to happen. You know, we would read the Bible also, but we would be like, wow. Well, he would we, unlock we, a lot. We read it all the time. Thank God we had a pastor, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That stuck with me. That changed my life, you know? To know that Jesus sees me as he sees the sun. A lot of people don't see How that. How long did it take you to get to that point? Well, we've been... Was we, it years and years and years? Um, yeah, it was years and years. You were, well, I keep learning, right? The yeah, scripture but, says keep learning about Jesus and who he was and what he did. Overnight. It's we not an overnight hard. thing. True. We yeah, we stayed in the word. We, we, you know, we're still working hard. Right. Because we love to work hard. It's just... We're farmers. We farm words. Yeah, but on the flip side of this scripture, it's like it could be taught incorrectly because they say, will only a few be saved? And then it goes on to say, a lot of people, it, 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 the, the gate is narrow to get into the kingdom, right? So now people are thinking only a few people are going to get in there, Right. And Jesus says it's narrow. Because you have to keep your eye, you know, you're the, going one direction with Jesus. You're following Jesus. Okay. Yep. The world is here. The sin is there. All of that. You have to keep your eye on Jesus. Right. The passion, the people say, well, if it's so narrow, why why the hard, what's the use? What's the hard work? A lot of people um, go go to the bar. It's easy to go to the bar. But the point I'm making, the, it should say, the Passion Translation says, it should say, will you get in is an individual challenge. Mm. You know, so it hits the, the preservation of life itself. I said, would you take a breath in this? You go, you bet I take a breath of this. You bet I'll get in. You know, it just touches the, 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 the life essence of a person that, to drive and get in. That's the compassion of the Father asking, will you get in? Will you get into the kingdom of God? Will you work hard to, to enter in the narrow gate? <laughs> well, okay, so okay, so that's what I'm saying is that, you know, it's, it, it, it gives you the impression if you don't 
meditate on it a little bit and say, well, wait a minute. In Revelations, it says there's an innumerable amount of um, people from all different nationalities or whatever, right? Something like that. I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, of course. So the fact is, he's not saying that people aren't going to be saved because there's a lot, billions of people in heaven. But he's saying it's really narrow to follow me. It's a big, you know, you got to make that decision. You might believe in him, but now guess what? It's, it's, um, the gate is narrow. You got to keep your eye on Jesus because the things of the world could start pulling you back. Doesn't mean you're not saved if you receive Jesus, but the abundant life is like a narrow gate because if I stay my, if I stay the course with Jesus, guess what? The kingdom is going to come. God's kingdom for healing others, you know, what we're meant to do. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons, speak in new tongues. Freely give, freely receive. See, it's because you're following Jesus. You're learning more about him every day. You know, you got your eye on that the kingdom has come is when somebody gets healed. You know, that Jesus, the God's presence is, is with you. I guess I'm not... You're falling asleep on me. But so I'm just saying that people scare people. Maybe why swear you say they end up in the bar. I don't. Because it says few will enter. But over here, if you read your Bible, it shows people are there, you know, in, in, in heaven. Right. When John, the apostle Paul saw what he saw. So. So, yeah. You know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to be left out. I mean, that's straight up, right? Straight up. Truth. Um, so the, uh, what a, it's really interesting how a human being has so much control of what he believes, you know, and he doesn't realize how much value there is in believing something, you know, because a lot of doubters, you know, will, will, they'll, they'll question you and they're really not interested. They just are interested in arguing, you know. Yeah, or just, you know, sometimes you talk to somebody, yeah, well, you know, I know God, okay, well, Jesus is the one, you know. Um, like I've heard my dad say sometimes, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask the Virgin Mary. I said, no, no, right? I said, Jesus is the one who heals you. The Virgin Mary didn't do anything on the cross for you. Jesus. But I hear him saying that, uh, you know, he says, he, le pedía Jesús que me ayude. See, so I'm getting to him, even though it's the... Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you got to talk to Jesus. Jesus is the one who did You know, in my drinking days, I and I was not converted. I was asking Mary to... Yeah. I tattooed her in my arm. I used to burn candles to her and use $10 bills to burn candles on her. And thinking that the sacrifice is going to do it, you know? It didn't do anything. I almost died believing in the wrong choice. Thank God to Alcoholic Anonymous that finally Jesus stepped up and I knew, noticed who he was. Yeah. See, but the, I had to stay still in the meetings and wait and wait. And yeah. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, when I first was afraid in 2008 to pray for somebody, well, because I know what I'm supposed to be doing now because it's healed, sick, cleansed, leopard, cast out demons. And I see Jesus' power as he went about, but he gave it to the disciples. Then I said, hey, I want that. Because that's just me. I'm 
I want that. And, um, you know, that's not very many people want that. But that's our that's our purpose on this earth is to bring others into the kingdom. And, and it could be an unbeliever that didn't believe. Hey, you know, they got a, a we spoke a word over them and they were healed or their life turned around and they hey, maybe there is a God. I want to be like Fernando sober, you know, so that's what I, that's what I'm saying is like. The kingdom of God can be narrow. When you see a lot of Christians not exercising the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is inside of us, guiding our steps, you don't have to tolerate that sickness. Why? Just why I like this lady, Nancy, you know, when she's preaching. What was your last name? Uh, Dufresne. Nancy Dufresne? Yeah. How do you spell it? D-U-F-R-E-N-S-E, something like that. You have an incredible mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so you know, or or you could say, well, you know, that healing was meant for then when Jesus was roaming the earth. Well, really, because he healed everyone. You know, I know how to respond to people and and tell and try to bring forth the truth. You know, than to sit there and not. But you know, Jesus is still talking about the uh, the first chapter. You know, one through twenty two, and and twenty the rest of twenty two to wherever it finishes. He's, he still seems to be talking on that theme. But let's move over to, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, yeah, how they killed the prophets. You killed the yeah. prophets. Mm -hmm. Now he, he switches over to the Father's compassion. Oh, how I long to put my arms around you and gather you as cheeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, uh -huh. you know, under his wing. He cries Yes, there. he weeps. He cries uh -huh. there. He weeps. You know, his heart is touched that you would not have it. Your stubbornness, you know. You read the words of God and you get you get prideful. Even the word of God, the one that's made you to heal you and gives you salvation, you get pride out of it. It doesn't work with pride, it, with ownership or ego or, right, or selfishness. Right. You know, you, you it, it, the word of God was there, but it wasn't doing them any good because right. they didn't mix it with faith. They right, right. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and faith works with love. Amen. You know? Beautiful, beautiful. What did God say? What does God have to say in Hosea 6? Say, this is what the Lord requires, requires of you. To what? To um, walk, humbly, walk humbly, love thy Lord thy God. And do justice. That's Micah 6, 8. Yeah, Micah 6, 8. Um, <coughs> I knew that. So, um... But I think it does say in Hosea somewhere. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know what? what I kind of laughed when I, I don't know what the new, the King James one says. But Jesus replied, "Go tell that fox." <laughs> I laughed. You're reading that. And I'm like, yeah, like, I went back and read it for myself. You know, it's like, go tell. Like, why is he calling the person a fox? You know. Yeah. That I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. He's showing them. He said, "I'm the man. I'm the way. I'm. I'm it. You know, I am." Boy, he got. <laughs> I am he. <laughs> he got ticked there, huh? Yeah, I loved it. Go tell the fox. I'm gonna keep on keeping yeah, on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me such a chuckle because you know, I mean, he calling him a fox. Why? Why is it calling people a fox? I mean, I know why, but I mean, it just is funny to hear. You know, Jesus is humorous. I mean, like I've said before, and you say it all the time. Okay, babe. Uh, 
Okay, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have supply. You have supply, Lord. Because a sly is like a what? What is it? What does the fox represent? Well, a, a cunning, baffling, yeah. you know, uh -huh. a, 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 a sly kind of. Uh, not a scrupulous, not 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 any integrity person. Is he now? But it's interesting. He didn't say that to Pilate. He said it to Pharaoh. No, not to Pharaoh. To uh, that other cat, Harold. Harold, who was the leader of Jerusalem. Okay, it says a fox could represent secret sins. I'm just looking at if you have a dream. It says the craftiness of man or enemies of the cross. Dreaming a fox could indicate skill for evil. So yeah, not a, a fox is not a good. Oh, a fox may represent a stealer or attacker of the sheep, God's people. Mm, oh yeah, there you yeah. go. That better puts it. So technically, but it, you know, I mean, I never. This is the first time this popped out so nicely. It says, "I'm gonna keep on healing any day I want." <laughs> it's so cool. Okay, I'm. I'm All right, honey. Thank you so we much. We did our job. Love you much. Thank you for working thing. with me. We did the one thing. We did the one thing. That's what I always got to keep my... What, what, we did the one thing. The one thing. What's the one thing? Focus on the Word of God. Oh, the Word of God before anything else, huh? Yes. Then we get our day. You know, yeah. sometimes it hits us so hard, the joy of the Lord, and everything from there is just cutting the butter easily. It, you know, and then, you know, when God works to... to I'm going to get an extra day because of this. We actually get extra days. We say, what day is this? And I say... It's actually, oh, man, I hear, I thought it was, in other words, he gives us our time back. Yes, he does. He Put does. first and everything else flows. And it prepares us for when we're talking to people, you know, that it can freely come out and, and encourage somebody, you know. Amen. Encourage the masses. Thank yes. you, God. Love you. Thank you very much for coming in here. And we're at 365 Bible study. Today we're going to be reading Luke chapter 13, verse 1 through 22, I believe. And we really enjoy the studies. You know, it makes us aware that uh, who we are and what our role is and what it touches our hearts. Heavenly Father, give us your presence, Lord. Touch our hearts. Touch us and teach us what our role is and help us, Lord God, to shine forth your words to others, to be ready, prepared to speak about your love. And that's all you have for humankind through Jesus Christ is love and more abundant love. We thank you for that love and the wonderful, wonderful words of life you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Chapter 13, verse 1. About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were sacrificing at the temple in Jerusalem. Man, that's big stuff there, see? Mm -hmm. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than other people from Galilee? He asked. Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will also perish unless you turn from your evil ways and turn to God. 
And what about the 18 men who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, I tell you again, that unless you repent, you will also perish. Then Jesus used this illustration. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on him. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to the gardener, I waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's taking us space we can use for something else. The gardener answered, Give it one more chance, leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, you can cut it down. <clears throat> one Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching on a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised and thanked God. But the leaders in charge of the synagogue were indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, You hypocrite, you work on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from their stall on the Sabbath day and lead them out to water? Wasn't it necessary for me on the Sabbath day to free this dear woman from the bondage of which Satan had held her for 18 years? This shamed his enemies and all the people rejoiced in the wonderful thing he did. Is that what I was did I skip something? Held her in 18 years. This shame his enemies and all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree. And the birds come and find shelter among its branches. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like yeast used by a woman making bread, even though she uses a large amount of flour. The yeast permeate every part of the dough. Amen. That's up to there? Yes. Uh, it's really interesting. We should go section by section. First, the illustration of the, uh, of the yeast. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kingdom of God, that it, and that's what has been happening. It's been growing and growing and grows in love in our hearts if we feed it. Illustration of the mustard seed, that the kingdom of God is like a tree that's planted, and the birds come and shelter among its branches. And people get guidance. And Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Now, Jesus cared for social outcasts, for those who were afflicted, and for those in spiritual bondage. This handicapped woman was hurting in all three respects. Jesus healed this woman who had given up all hope for a new life. He can do the same for us as we seek God and surrender to him. Now, Pilate, talking about the first phase where the, those people got killed. It's really interesting. 
It just dawned on me how ferocious Pilate was. No wonder they took Jesus. And then he, he said, slow down. No one tells me what to do. They wanted him to, Pilate, to crucify Jesus because of his reputation. Look at his reputation right here. About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee. Now notice that they were northern Galilee. They were in Jerusalem visiting and worshiping in Jerusalem. So as they sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem, so they were, they were from Jesus' hometown. 80, 85 miles away. They had come pilgrimage to do the annual sacrifice. And Pilate sent in his soldiers and their Roman soldiers to kill him. Very interesting. Um, but then the, Jesus compares them to the other people that had the, the uh, construction accident. And they, they fell, the thing. But then Jesus says that there's one more thing that's more important. Unless you repent, unless you judge right. yourself. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. seek salvation, mm-hmm. you know, because um, bad and good things happen. And it says it right here. And the uh, Pilate might have killed the Galileans because he thought they were rebelling against Rome. The Pharisees who opposed the use of force to deal with Rome would have said that the Galileans killed by Pilate deserved to die for rebellion. Those killed by the Tower of Siloam might have been working for the Romans and an aqueduct there. The Zealots, a group of anti-Roman terrorists, would have said the aqueduct workers deserve to die for cooperating. Jesus dismissed the claim that either event was God's judgment on especially sinful people. Neither the Galileans nor the workers should be blamed for their calamities. Whether a person is killed in a tragic accident or miraculously survived is not a measure of righteousness. We simply cannot know. Jesus did not explain why some live and others die. Instead, he pointed to everyone's need for repentance. When we see <clears throat> senseless suffering, it is wrong to conclude that it is the direct result of personal sin. Joe's friend made this mistake instead of seeing senseless suffering should make us and lead us to repentance. Senseless, seeing senseless suffering should humble us and lead us to repentance. Just like Jesus warns, this is how Job responded to in Job 42, 6. Amen. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, thought, I don't know why, but I just keep thinking I've already talked about this before. But um, the part about the, rep- okay, the sin... He's at the beginning, it opens up. Is this worse sin than this one? You know, um, and we have to remember as um, when it talks about it here, it's for, you know, Moses gave the commandments. And there was one through 10, the 10 commandments. Lying isn't worse than murdering because in the Old Testament, if you broke one, you broke them all, right? Under that, under the, the system of the law, if you break one, you break them all. So in this day and age, you know, uh, we may not be murdering people. We may not be um, doing a higher level of sin, but a lie is a sin, mm-hmm. right? So it's really like if you want to live under the law, that's how it goes. You know, you you either go and step into the kingdom and and receive the love of Jesus and the work he did for you. Or you, or you stay under the law, 
which, you know, the law is a lot harder to meet and attain, um, to think you're going to get to heaven with that just by saying, well, I'm a good person. I didn't murder anybody today. That's, that's not true. Well, I didn't commit adultery, but then the way Jesus says, you know, when you look at a person, you know, you a woman or whatever, you commit adultery just by looking. It's not by actually going through the, the process. So I'm just, I'm just thinking that, you know, we're not good people. You know, Jesus says not one of us is a good. My father in heaven is good. Okay, so now, you know, I'm an honest person. Okay, man, I haven't murdered anybody, but I'm honest. Okay, that's not going to get me to the kingdom of God. I have to acknowledge Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. He came to die for my my inequities, my transgressions, my shame, my guilt. And he took that on the cross for me. So now I'm under the kingdom of God because I believe in Jesus, the Lord. So doing that is good because there's not just forgiveness of sin that comes under the umbrella of the kingdom. There's healing, there's provision, there's peace and protection and supply from heaven. In heaven, there's great things. There's no sickness. There's no death in heaven. There's no uh, lack in heaven. And there's a lot of peace. And, and there's no peace. grumbling and right, there's laughter, right, joy, right. and humor. Exactly. And there's no swearing. I mean, it's just a great place. I've never been there, but... Yes, so um, anyway, you know, be careful. Like, I'm just saying this because if you're ministering to somebody somehow, and like, well, I'm a good person, you know, we, we want to just stress the importance of how the, the gospel is to believe in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, there's a lot of benefits that come your way. It's not just, hey, now my life is going to take a 180 degree turn. It, it you know, when you turn your heart towards God, you want to take that turn. You want to not sin no more. You know, when you got Jesus and you know how much he loves you, you know, whatever you're feeling in that empty place of your heart is, um, he feels it. And as you learn more about him and read the Bible and see how wonderful he is and how he healed people and how he brought peace and how he, he has multiplication of food for the people when they don't have food in front of them. And it's just a whole nother ball game. You know, you want to be under that umbrella. I would say umbrella. It's a kingdom. It's huge. Um, but, um, you know, just just think about that when somebody says, well, I'm, I'm a good person. I think I'm going to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what I wanted to, to stress here. You know, many people get confused um, on that. But, um, yeah, so no sin is, is bigger than another, you know? Um, so judge yourself, you know, fix it. You know, I think we read in the last chapter to, to, to judge yourself before it's too late, right? To, to see that you need a savior before it's too late. Um, and, um, yeah, real important. Um, well, let's go ahead and move on to, uh, you know, the one that I don't understand um, is the parable of the barren fig tree. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. You know, it's not much of it. It's, it kind of, the Holy Spirit tells me it's about a Christian not witnessing. What do you think about that, honey? We had a chance to read this yesterday to try to, mm -hmm. you know, so we won't get caught cold. 
And you did a little research about that. Now, what is it? It says, well, then Jesus told the story, a man planted a fig tree, and the garden came again and again to see if there's any fruit in it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I waited three years and so forth, wait another year. But it's kind of right here, I forget who's talking when he says, if we get fixed next year, fine. If not, then you yeah. can cut it down. That must be the uh, the uh, the owner talking, the right? The gardener. Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. <laughs> but it's kind. Of, anyway, it's so, a small thing, but it sounds like he's telling the owner to cut it down. But the owner owner is oh. the anyway. It's not the owner is owner of everything when you say you he means i will cut it down that's what he means because the owner has the final authority anyway i just wanted to yeah, clear um, that up that's a small you, thing you know i guess for me it's like this story has meaning here otherwise it wouldn't be in here right and um go ahead you know there's there's a, something else other than a fig tree in your garden yes yes okay, please so, so that's what i you know went to the Let me read you a commentary that I just looked up briefly. Um, It says, Jesus told the parable of the fig tree, Luke chapter 13, 6 to 9, immediately after reminding his listeners of a tower over the pool of Shalom in John chapter 9, verse 7, which unexpectedly fell and killed 18 people. We just read that part, right? Um, The moral of that story is found in Luke 13, 3. Unless you repent, you will likewise perish, okay? To reiterate the moral, Jesus tells the story of the fig tree. The vineyard owner and the gardener who took care of the vineyard. Mm. The three entities in the story all have clear symbolic significance, okay? The vineyard owner represents God. The one who rightly expects to see fruit on his tree and who justly decides to restore it, to destroy it. When he finds none, the gardener or vineyard keeper who cares for the trees, watering and fertilizing them to bring them to their peak of fruitfulness, represents Jesus. Who feeds his people and gives them living water. The tree itself has two symbolic meanings, the nation of Israel and the individual. As the story unfolds, we see the vineyard owner expressing his disappointment at the fruitless tree. He's looked for fruit for three years from this tree, but has found none. The three-year period is significant because for three years, John the Baptist and Jesus had been preaching the message of repentance throughout Israel. But the fruits of repentance were not forthcoming. Okay. John the Baptist warned the people about the Messiah coming and told them to bring forth fruits fit for fit for repentance because the axe was already laid at the root of the tree. Luke chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. But the Jews were offended by the idea they needed... Uh, they needed to repent, and they rejected their Messiah because he demanded repentance from them. After all, they had the revelation of God, the prophets, the scriptures, and the covenants, right? And the adoption, Romans 9, 4 to 5. They had it all, but they were already apostate. 
they have departed from the true faith and the true and living God and created a system of works righteousness. That was an abomination to God. He, as the vineyard owner, was perfectly justified in tearing down the tree that had no fruit. The Lord's axe was ready, already poised over the root of the tree and it was ready to fall. However, we see the gardener pleading here for a little more time. And there were a few months before the, this there were a few months before the crucifixion and more miracles to come, especially the incredible miracle of the raising of Lazarus from the dead, which would astound many and perhaps cause the Jews to repent. As it turned out, Israel as a nation still did not believe, but individuals certainly did in John chapter 12, 10 to 11. The compassionate gardener intercedes for, for more time to water and fertilize a fruitless tree. And the gracious Lord of the vineyard responds in patience. Mm. The lesson for the individual is that borrowed time is not permanent. God's patience has a limit. And in the parable, the vineyard owner grants another year of life to the tree. And in the same way, God in his mercy grants us another day, another hour, another breath. Christ stands at the door of each man's heart, knocking and seeking to gain entrance and requiring rep repentance from sin. But if there's no fruit, no repentance, his patience will come to an end. And the fruitless, unrepentant individual will be cut down. We all, lived on, we all live on borrowed time. Judgment's near. That's why the prophet Isaiah wrote, Seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will fully pardon, according to Isaiah 55, 6-7. Now I like that because it says, you know, seek him where you'll find him while he's near to you. So um, it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man in his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have, that's the key right here. Turning to the Lord, the Lord will have mercy on us. Okay. And God will, he will freely pardon. So, you know, people may have a relative or a brother or a sister or a mother and father that don't believe. And, you know, um, I, I love this. It says we're, we're like, you know, time is not promised. It's, um, it, we're on borrowed time. So, when we least expect it, we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. But what it tells me, we have a merciful God here. We have a God full of grace. You know, the scripture says that Jesus bought grace and truth. You know, uh, he, he brought grace upon grace upon grace to us. That is why we're seeing events play out right now. We are, it looks like the time is shortened. We don't know the day or the hour, but we better be ready is what we can say. And, 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 you know, changing our, our ways and looking to God for, you know, our, our righteousness. We look to God that he, that we, we believe in Jesus he, for the work he did, not our own work. Okay. Not a work of, you know, Anna's going to go knock on doors and try to tell people. And I think I'm going to go to heaven because I'm doing this good work. No, you will do good works when you, when you believe in Jesus. There's no question receiving Jesus and believing he's the way, the truth, the life is what the people on the earth need to know. But they're rejecting that, you know, especially Israel. There's a lot of Jews that still need to be saved. But Jesus cares a lot about, you know, he has so much mercy for us that he cares that he doesn't want anyone to perish. And that's why John 3.16 is a very powerful scripture. If you just 
look at that. You know, he's a loving God. He's he's giving you time. So, you know, think about that for a second. When you talk to a family member or a friend or whatever that you, you know, this is real stuff, people. It's, it's, yeah, you know, nothing insignificant about the Bible was Joseph Prince always taught us that when there's something there, there's something God, Jesus is speaking versus just a fig tree. Okay, well, it's not no fruit. Just get it out of there. It's not the way it is. You know, it's, it's a, this is a great commentary. I just happened to look it up because I wanted to know a little bit more about this. Who's it by, honey? It's got God questions, your questions, biblical answers. Amen. Godquestions.org. Godquestions.org. Yeah. You got a question about the Bible? Go here. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, on verse 10, <clears throat> it is about... What really stood out to me is the uh, is that he when he's when he released her mm-hmm. of the evil spirit crippled by an inner spirit she had been bent for eighteen years. Jesus saw her. He just spoke to her, dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. That's all he said. He didn't speak to the let her go. Right. Get in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was Jesus. Yeah. He goes, dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. Right. Then he touched her. Yeah. And he was that probably yeah. <clears throat> there. He instantly she could stand straight. So two things in the spirit, he probably prayed for that. She he already knew it was gonna happen because mm-hmm. the Lord will show him and, mm-hmm. and you know, he prayed the night before. So he was ready. And that 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 evil spirit did not give any resistance, didn't show any anything of convulsions and speaking out. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight and how she prayed. So my question is, how many people do we know are running around with? They say uh, that they the evil spirits cling on like little monkeys on a neck, or they cling on to the heart. They're clinging on. Um, so in our respect, we need to pray the night before and then say things like, uh, the Lord bless you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. You know, when I hear, see somebody, and I say that a lot. The blessings of the Lord be upon you. Good morning. You say something in a, in a speck to cleanse the person's soul, to heal in case there's anything contaminated in them. You know, I say, hey, good morning. God bless you. And, and shake a hand. That right there, if I'm prayed up and I'm expecting to, to a, you know, it's a very easy way to do evangelism. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I deal yeah. with a lot of people. Speaking a word over their life, um, they may... Yeah, you know, just and give them... <clears throat> you know you've been in prayer. You know you've been in the Word of God. So you get out there and you give them a smile, give them a handshake. Yesterday, I, I made it a point to shake all the men's hand. I didn't shake any of the ladies' hands. I just said hi. And uh, because... Um, some of the men need to be acknowledged, you know. It says, hey, how are you? Or I needed to say hi to, high five to the people I haven't seen in a while. Okay, let's move on to the, uh, what it says here on the, uh, this is the recovery Bible. And it says, Jesus cared for social outcasts, emotional and physical cripples, and those in spiritual bondage. This handicapped woman was hurting in all three respects. In 18 years, she had probably tried everything to be healed, but now was resigned to her painful limitations. The power of an evil spirit had crippled her, but the power of Jesus Christ knows no limitations. Jesus healed this woman who had given up all hope for a new life. He can do the same 
for us by bringing us healing and deliverance. That's all I got here. So what do you got? Um, oh. <clears throat> 18 years held in bondage by an evil spirit. You know, I love it. I love this story. He's ought not this dear woman being a daughter of Abraham has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? I mean, it just tells you what mindset the people had. They didn't have any 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 mercy for a person that had been hunched over like that for 18 years. I mean, it says instantly just, she's straightened up. Yes. And then it said the Bible says, "Oh, how she praised the Lord." Yeah, and it's, for me, it's like, hey, bros, why don't you look at the woman got healed? She's been like that, hunched over for 18 years. The miracle is before you, and you don't recognize it, right? That's to me, is just always, uh, just, it's the strangest thing that people don't look at a human being and are rooting for them, you know, that, wow, you know. He, he, you know, he is the Messiah. He, he has power to heal just like God. You know what I mean? It just, it, it be baffles me. I mean, that they didn't see the signs of yeah, the times yeah. that there was a prophet among them. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, and he's all over the Bible. Yeah. No. There's no, there's no fruit. And, and look at the fruit. It's planted there for three years that you got me thinking yeah that's evidence he's three years of doing miracles and things oh, and yeah. stuff and mm. evidence mm. that the messiah mm. is here yes yes Ooh. you know and and they're still and they said give him one more time and then jesus uh, lazarus jesus raises i understand that perfectly well it goes good with uh thank you for covering that maybe yeah. it's the holy spirit wants us to know that yeah you know that more when we see accidents and so forth we get Oh, you know, this, but, you know, are there, we pray instantly, Lord, that they may receive you. Amen. Yes. Satan, get your hands off the person. Let them choose Jesus. We send blessings to that person. I mean, it might be hard, but we say, thank you, God, for them. They're in a situation. Now they're in the situation to call upon God. Amen. If they're in a, I said, let their souls call upon God and be cleansed by their own wits by their own strength, and say, God, help me, and then instantly God will help them. But all their lives, they've been in denial mm -hmm. and finding this, this this point of contact, and we just happen to pass by in the car and say, instead of saying, oh, poor them, we say, thank God they're in that position that they can they can call upon God. Isn't that what we just read about the silent, uh, the, the tower falling and those people dying? They did. The people being... Cut inside the temple with knives, you know, slaughtered, mm -hmm. and while they were doing uh, worship, you know, uh, we pray for their souls. What that's what Jesus is. That's what you're telling mm -hmm. me that the value is in the, being saved. Yes. So, so this was displayed to the Pharisees, but it didn't mean anything. Their hearts were hard. We don't want to have our hearts hard. We want to have. Compassionate hearts. Yeah, we want to have love in our hearts. And wow, this is a really good example of seeing something miraculous and just acting like it's no big deal. I mean, what would, would it be like if you didn't believe wow. in Jesus and you saw a man with no legs, but then later you saw Jesus touch him and now he has legs or whatever? Wouldn't that just 
cause you to believe who he is? So the, the Jesus is in us, and we have little miracles here and there. A person gives me a brand new, not a brand new truck, I'm speaking to it, a, a pickup truck that I asked God for. I asked God for a full tank of gas. Four hours later, I get a full tank of gas. But in another car, in a smaller car, and it's got a full tank of gas. You know, those are the things that miracles that we're doing at our level that we're trying to do and do even more. We do pray for people and four or five days later, they say, I'm going home. I got better. They released them and we're like, you know, we're playing out the same four years as Jesus is in our lifetime, but longer. Now God's mercy is still playing out. Yeah. For, for his kids to try to reach others the same way the Messiah reached them. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, the last part, the last part where it talks about the yeast and the woman uh, mm -hmm. in making bread, even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Um, so... So sometimes, you know, I guess for me, and just reading this real quick, is, is, you know, sometimes you can't always, people don't always receive, hey, you got to believe in Jesus or you're going to go in this direction, you know. They don't, that's a little too forceful for people to, to accept. But when they see you, your actions and the, what you're doing for the kingdom of God, you know, maybe you're just, maybe you're depositing a little seed inside you know so it can begin to germinate you know maybe they'll pick up your lead and take your example you know and start to um you know i'm talking about maybe um you know you believe in jesus but maybe you're not doing you know what he told us to do was to spread the good news you know, people need to hear the good news. That's what Jesus is waiting for us, the church, to rise up and and to let let the world see the glory of God be upon us so they can also believe. But I guess what I'm saying is when we think we're planting a seed and you see that it just isn't going anywhere, you know, don't underestimate the power of one little it multiplies. You know, you may be saying, you may be said something to somebody in the grocery store who was really despondent that day. Maybe they were thinking about taking their life, but it's, you and gave some encouragement that brought them, you know, that brought them not to, you know, just by a conversation you might have with them or they needed to hear that word that day. I mean, we plant these seeds as we go and, and we, and the kingdom of God will germinate and it will, um, permeate through a little small amount of love that you put out on somebody. It's a matter of life or death in the kingdom. So anyway, just that. that amen and amen. Thank amen. you, Heavenly Father God, for this great reading. I'm going to go ahead and finish up the uh, Psalms for us. Uh, let's, Psalm 78, verses 65 to 72. We give thanks to the God for the many... David's whom he called to care for his people. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for all the leaders and demonstrators and the people that love your words, Lord God. And necessarily, they're just business people or going on their own venture. 
and they share their information with others, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless the carriers of your word. How beautiful the shoes, the feet of them that proclaim the good news of the kingdom to others, Lord. Strengthen them, supply their needs, Lord God, and protect them, Lord. We thank you for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we read Psalm 78, 65 to 72. Then the Lord rose up as though walking from a sleep, like a warrior arose from a drunken stupor. He routed his enemies and sent them to eternal shame, but he rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loved. There he built his sanctuaries as high as the heavens, as solid and enduring as the earth. He chose his servant, David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ooze and lambs and made him a shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Amen. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Worry weighs a person down, and an encouraging word cheers a person up. An encouraging word cheers a person up. What's an encouraging word? There are no big deals. Take it easy as long as you're in Christ Jesus. And there are big deals if you're not, right? What do you have to say about that? Just, you know what, <clears throat> just um, look to Jesus and... Have faith that he's going to bring you through. He's your shepherd. Encouraging words cheers a person up. Keep your sights up. Thank mm. God for the problem. And that's what we can do about it. Yes. True. You say you're in the pickle and you say there's nothing like you can do. Yes, there's something you can do about it. You can start jumping up and down and rejoicing. You got a problem. The problem is not the problem. The problem is you're not. We are not activating the solution, which is God. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> He is our productive produce person that gives us victory over the problem, the blemish. It's called a blemish. (laughs) All right. (laughs) My wife is saying, enough, enough. I love you guys. God bless you. God bless you guys. Thank you. The Lord bless you and hug you. Electronic hug. Thank you so much coming in. God bless. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading, 365 study on the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 22. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your great love. Thank you. You carry us in your bosom, carry us in your arms. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for covering all areas of our life that are needed and were restored and made good. And we say yes and then yes, amen, to your covenant. Yes and amen to your ways, Lord. We thank you for the word of life. And give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Enlarge our hearts to understand what the, the word is telling us in Jesus' name. Amen. What? You're just tired. Yeah, we're just going I look tired. You need a break. <laughs> Babe, it's already 9.30. Let's get up and move around and do something. Get some fresh air. Do something. Let's read the Word of God, baby. Afterwards, let's get this. Okay, no falling asleep. Um, 
I didn't sleep that well. I was up I too early again. Thank you, everyone, for coming on today's podcast. Anna doesn't know we're recording. Mm. <laughs> Why are you recording? Oh, I'm just this for tomorrow. Oh, well, you're not going to put this and post this, are you? I was because it was good, but no, you messed them. Because you. <laughs> no. No, babe. Because it was too long a prayer, right? I don't know if what you're doing that. You're like all over the place. I'm trying to find my spot. Jesus. Oh, you want to? <laughs> it's on page 377, 376. See, see if you have the same number. 376. April 10th. Okay, April 10th. Yes. Luke thirteen twenty two. Okay, yeah, okay. Do mm-hmm. you want to read it together? See how it goes? Let's try and read it no, together. No, I don't want to read it together. I want to just... Just let's try it, wouldn't No, me? no, let's not. you got to try something. <sighs> we can't... Why is... You don't want to read it with me together? No, what's the purpose of reading it together? I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm reading so I can get revelation, babe. Jesus went through the towns of the villages. Fine, I'll read it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? Oh, I love this. He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. Mm -hmm. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught us in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you do who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, someone who seems least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be least important then. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. Herod and Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Wow. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader at the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. There was a man whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the religious law, is it, per, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, 
Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a ditch, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they could not answer. All right, what do we have on this? Oh, um, real, real quick, like, what is Of course, it's still talking about the three days. As you notice, I have three today, tomorrow, and the third day. I will accomplish my mission, he says. He's talking about the full, his full life expectancy of his ministry, huh? Interesting, interesting, interesting. Luke 13. Wow, he's really harping on the, the Sabbath healings he's doing. He hit him right in the nose. I said, yeah. he's asking them questions. I said, because they have they minor laws on the main law. Yeah, they, they didn't answer, though. Mm. You know, and so, um, but he knew what, what they were <clears throat> thinking. And he said, which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? And they didn't answer. Mm -hmm. So I think they knew what the right answer was. They just didn't want to speak it out, right? Right. Because then they would be siding with what he was saying. And the last that's the last thing they wanted to do is side with him in order to... You know, they have this law that they're pushing on the people. And healing but people. It, and now, if they side with them, they think, oh, you are who you say you are. And they want that because they know the people were gravitating towards him and that things were about to get, about to change. You know, Jesus had to have, so he can illustrate his points, he had to have a people with heart and heart yeah. so he can go back and illustrate his points so and write them so us humanity would be saved. You know, he was, he was, they had to have an enemy to, 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 and the scripture says, or in John, if, in Isaiah, where it says, with hearing ears, they hear, but they may not get healed. And I'm right. always thinking, well, doesn't he want them to get healed? Yeah. I said, or I should, I should, he's obligated to heal, but if their hearts are hard, your ears are not open, your heart's in the wrong place, and you're not seeing the kingdom of God right before your eyes. You're not receiving it, right? Yeah, so so I, I see that as part of his plan for them to bring out the importance of the Sabbath, you know. And and, and I think there were rules on top of the rules. Okay. Yeah, and maybe well, some of them were, well, okay. But um, that that's a very interesting thing. They didn't want to speak because they didn't want to agree with him because then that means they believed who he was, right? They didn't want to fall. They didn't want to believe. Right? What does your commentary say in the other book? Um, so, um, okay. What else? Well, the one that hits me and it scares me is, um, you know, and work hard to enter the narrow mm, door of the mm. kingdom of God, for many will try to enter right. but will fail. Right. And a lot of people ended up in the bar pounding down beers because of that one right there. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading. Lord, see, this, we're talking about salvation right here. So, and then and later on, we'll talk about the weeping of Jerusalem. But right now... 
Okay, I think this is the one scripture that always is, I believe, not is taken in context that you got to work for your salvation. Okay. And Jesus said, he's already, you know, he's already done the work for you. You don't have to work by your own self efforts, your self righteousness, right? That you receive Jesus by faith. You believe who he says he is. You believe he died on the cross for you. Now, um, because I've, I've, I've heard Pastor Prince teach on this also, and he's always, um, I, I just resonated well with me in that he's, he, Jesus replies, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. So people take it like, I've got to go knocking on doors. I've got to work and make my salvation to get in. I don't want to be one of the, those when the master says, you know, who are you? I, you know, when they knock and they plead, open it, let us in. Okay. I know you where you come from. We ate and we drank with you. I think we went over this recently. Uh, we ate and we drank with you and you taught us in our streets, right? So Jesus was teaching. By that time he was on in, in, in Jerusalem, he was teaching the people. And they're saying, but hey, you know, we, I mean, I, I, it has to be they didn't receive Jesus. But wait. He was telling them that before he died, before mm -hmm. he died, right? Yeah. So the self, okay. So sometimes we say, "Well, so and so was saved." You could tell they were saved already, right? Because they. I mean, this is. <clears throat> but you know, then he could be looking at the future here. Will only a few be saved? Okay, so he's answering that question in a bigger vision, I think, bigger, bigger picture. Work hard to enter the narrow door to God. Okay, so here it says, to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late and you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door. I don't know you, where you come from. Then you, you will say, well, I ate with you, I drank with you, didn't I? And you taught in our streets and he'll reply, I tell you, I don't know where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. You see right here on the... Um it says this part of um this is a quote from Psalm six eight verse thirteen twenty seven, uh talking about but Lord we dine with you and walk with you and you taught us and he will reply, Don't you understand? I don't know who you are, for you're not part of my family, you cannot mm -hmm. enter in. Mm -hmm. Now go away from me, for you're disloyal to me and do evil. This quote is taken from Psalm six eight. Though they were acquaintances, they had uh -huh. not responded to his message with uh -huh. repentance. Oh, okay. The word disloyal is taken from the Aramic. Aramic. The question to ask is not simply, will the, will the saved be few, but rather, will it be you? Will it be you? So that's where it comes in. Work hard to enter in. In other words, make sure you get love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love Jesus. Make sure you get saved that point. Work hard to get that point in. Oh, and and 
your righteousness that you have. We're hard to believe that he's made you righteous. Yeah, but that's after the fact. Right now, I'm just trying to get it. And I can think about the 14 times, the many years it took me to work hard to make sure I was in. You know, I, kept, I didn't feel in. I kept sinning, and I go, okay, go in, and then repenting, and keep going in, and in, and in, and in. And finally, to the Lord touched my heart, and I go, wow, I work hard to get in. I work hard to get in to believe. Uh-huh. Some people, it's well, easy. Well, your, your belief, right? Yeah, some, some people, people are easy to, easy to, to okay. get in. Me, it was just a little, way harder than it should have been. I wasn't taught to believe when I was, well, see, because he's talking to non-Jewish people that did not come up with the word of God. That, you know, it was very easy for people to, that, that came up with the word of God and were had soft hearts, and they repented a long time ago, and were already saved with, with the Old Testament. So when they, Jesus came in, he, he got those, those people were easily trans, transmitted into the kingdom of God. But there was a lot of other Jewish people that did not open their hearts to salvation. And now he's got a third people, which is the Gentiles. Those are the ones that really have to work hard because they don't have any taste of Psalms. They don't have any taste of the, of the beauty of the literature that helps you because the Holy Spirit is all over the Old Testament. You know, salvation is all over the Old Testament. Someone to miss it there really has to have a, a critical, condensating, judicial, uh, can't get rid of evil on their own from their own heart. You know, I don't know if you follow me, but uh, kind of a little sort of, yeah. And in the I'm other, going too deep, too far for the masses. You know, for the uh, speaking for. Well, I mean, I think this is really a good thing that pops up with people sometimes. You say, "Well, I don't want to be the one the Lord says I never knew you." Okay, but they believe, right? Right. So, um, so the point is, when you receive Jesus and we believe in Him then we're in. Nothing can snatch us out of the Lord's hand. Right, right. But my flesh doesn't know it. My spirit may know okay. it. But my, my my flesh is being transformed slowly. I never knew anything about God. I got to say, but my, my habits still have to be transformed. You know, my heart is saved. But, but my habits still want to pound some beers down. Yeah, but my habits still want yeah. to fight and argue, and we still today is still yeah, the same I mean, problem. We're we're that's growing, a, right? Then then we're I not, get you're not like oh, you're and, born again, and now all of a sudden you're perfect. No, that's that's not where the way condemnation it is. comes in. Yes, for the n- Gentile. Yes, so yeah, we're talking from a Gentile con- point yeah. of view. Yeah, you have to constantly re- trans- be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Right. Stop condemning yourself. That's afterward. You've been made right. righteous. Well, I had a Jesus sees you as a son. I can tell. Right off I mean, a father. Well, you went through a condemnation. Yes, all of us go. Yes, we do. Okay, so we're we're actually talking before the, you know. How long did it take us to come out of that period? A while. Well, it was Years, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say when I met you, I really still, you know... You judged me. No, when I met you is my... When I when I got into God's purpose for my life is when I started to see my Well, you hang around me, position. kid. You had no choice but read your Bible. Okay, lad. <laughs> no, because I was... Anyway, it's a long journey, but... You came in but, contact but, with the Lord, the twelve years old, but then you came in contact again when you were 
in nineteen in the eighties. Yeah, I mean at twelve, I already knew the Lord in my heart. Right. You know, but to be discipled is another thing, and I really and believe we I'm got a great about. discipling. Listening to Pastor Prince's ministry, also. Oh well, the Bible di- teachings that we receive really. It, it starts with us judging ourselves. Are we interested or not? You know. Yeah, but I mean that's when I saw the growth start to happen. You know, we would read the Bible also, but we would be like, wow. He would unlock a lot. We would read it all the time. Thank God we had a pastor, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That stuck with me. That changed my life, you know, to know that Jesus sees me as he sees the Son. A lot of people don't see that. How long did it take you to get to that point? Well, we've been... Was it years and years and years? Um... Yeah, it was years and years. Were, well, I keep learning, right? The yeah, scripture but, says keep learning about Jesus and who he was and what he did. Overnight. It's we not an overnight hard. thing. True. We yeah, we stayed in the word. We we you know We're still working hard. Right. Because we love to work hard. It says we're farmers, we farm words. Yeah, but on the flip side of this scripture, it's like it could be taught incorrectly. Because they say we'll only a few be saved and then it goes on to say a lot of people it it, it the na- the gate is narrow to get into the kingdom right so now people are thinking only a few people are going to get in there right and jesus says it's narrow because you have to keep your eye you know you're the, going one direction with jesus you're following jesus okay yep. the world is here the sin is there. All of that, you have to keep your eye on Jesus. Right. The passion, the people say, well, if it's so narrow, why why the hard, what's the use? What's the hard work? A lot of people um, go go to the bar. It's easy to go to the bar. But the point I'm making, the, it should say, the passion translation says, it should say, will you get in is an individual challenge. Mm. You know, so it hits the the preservation of life itself i said would you take a breath in this you go you bet i take a breath of this you bet i'll get in you know it just touches the the the, the life essence of a person to, to drive and get in that's the compassion of the father asking will you get in will you get into the kingdom of god will you work hard to, to enter in the narrow gate well, okay, so, okay, so that's what I'm saying is that you know, it's it, it it gives you the impression if you don't meditate on it a little bit and say, well, wait a minute. In Revelations, it says there's an innumerable amount of um, people from all different nationalities or whatever, right? Something like that. I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, the fact is, he's not saying that people aren't going to be saved because there's a lot billions of people in heaven but he's saying it's really narrow to follow me it's a big you know you got to make that decision you might believe in him but now guess what it's it's um the gate is narrow you got to keep your eye on jesus because the things of the world could start pulling you back doesn't mean you're not saved if you receive jesus but the abundant life is like a narrow gate because if I stay my if I stay the course with Jesus guess what the kingdom is going to come God's kingdom for healing others you know what we're meant to do 
heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons, speak in new tongues. Freely give, freely receive. See, it's because you're following Jesus. You're learning more about him every day. You know, you got your eye on that the kingdom has come is when somebody gets healed. You know, that Jesus, the God's presence is, is with you. I guess I'm not, you're falling asleep on me. But, so I'm just saying that people scare people. Maybe why swear you say they end up in the bar. I don't, because it says few will enter. But over here, if you read your Bible, it shows people are there, you know, in, in, in heaven, right? When John the Apostle Paul saw what he saw. So, so yeah, you know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to be left out. I mean, that's straight up, right? Straight up. Truth. Um, so the, <clears throat> what a... It's really interesting how a human being has so much control of what he believes, you know, and he doesn't realize how much value there is in believing something, you know. Because a lot of doubters, you know, they'll, they'll question you and they're really not interested. They just are interested in arguing, you know. Yeah, or just, you know, sometimes you talk to somebody, yeah, well, you know, I know God, okay. Well, Jesus is the one, you know. Um, like I've heard my dad say sometimes, well... You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask the Virgin Mary. I said, no, no, right? I said, Jesus is the one who heals you. The Virgin Mary didn't do anything on the cross for you, Jesus. But I hear him saying, you know, he says he le pedía Jesús que me ayude. See, so I'm getting to, him, even though it's the, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you gotta talk got to Jesus. Results. Jesus is el que hizo los trabajos. I, you know, in my drinking days, I and I was not converted. I was asking Mary to. Yeah. I tattooed her in my arm. I used to burn candles to her and use ten dollar bills to burn candles on her, and thinking that the sacrifice is going to do it. You know, it didn't do anything. I almost died believing in the wrong source. Thank God to Alcoholic Anonymous that finally Jesus stepped up and I knew, noticed who He was. Yeah. See, but the, I had to stay still in the meetings. And what and when and where. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, when I first was afraid in 2008 to pray for somebody. Well, because I know what I'm supposed to be doing now. Because it's healed, sick, cleansed, leopard, cast out demons. And I see Jesus' power as he went about. But he gave it to the disciples. Then I said, hey, I want that. Because that's just me. I, I'm, I want that. And, um... You know, that's not very many people want that. But that's our that's our purpose on this earth is to bring others into the kingdom. And, and it could be an unbeliever that didn't believe. Hey, you know, they got a, a we spoke a word over them and they were healed or their life turned around. And they, hey, maybe there is a God. I want to be like Fernando, sober, you know. So that's what I, that's what I'm saying is like. The kingdom of God can be narrow. When you see a lot of Christians not exercising the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is inside of us, guiding our steps, you don't have to tolerate that sickness. Why? Just why I like this lady, Nancy, you know, when she's preaching. What's your last name? Uh, Dufresne. Nancy Dufresne? Dufresne, yeah. How do you spell it? D-U-F-R-E-N-S-E, something like that. You have an incredible mind. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, you know, or, or you could say, well, you know, that healing was meant for then when Jesus was roaming the earth. Well, really? Because he healed everyone. You know, I know how to respond to people and, and, and tell and try to bring forth the truth you know, then to sit there and not... But, you know, Jesus is still talking about the uh, the first chapter, you know, 1 through 22, and and 20, the rest of 22 to wherever it finishes. He's, he still seems to be talking on that theme. But let's move over to Old Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. yeah, how they killed the prophets. You kill the yeah. prophets. Mm-hmm. Now he, he switches over to the Father's compassion... Oh, how I long to put my arms around you and gather you as cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh Under his wing. He cries Yes, he weeps. He cries Uh He weeps. You know, his heart is touched that you would not have it. Your stubbornness, you know. You read the words of God and you you get prideful. Even the word of God, the one that's made you to heal you and gives you salvation, you get pride out of it. It doesn't work with pride. It doesn't work. Ownership or ego or, right, or selfishness, right. you know, you, you it, it, the word of God was there, but it wasn't doing them any good because right. they didn't mix it with faith, they right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and faith works with love. Amen. You know, beautiful, beautiful. What did God say? What does the God have say in Hosea six say? This is what the Lord requires, requires of you. To what? To um, walk humbly, walk humbly, love thy Lord thy God, and do justice. That's Micah six eight. Yeah, Micah six eight. Um, I knew that. So, um, but I think it does say in Hosea somewhere. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know what? what I kind of laughed when I, I don't know what the the King James one says, but Jesus replied, "Go tell that fox." <laughs> I laughed. You're reading that. And I'm like, yeah, like, I went back and read it for myself. You know, it's like, go why, tell, like why is he calling the person a fox? You know. Yeah. That I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. He's showing them. He said, "I'm the man. I'm the way. I'm. I'm it. You know, I am." Boy, he got. <laughs> I am he. <laughs> he got ticked there, huh? Yeah, loved it. Go tell the fox. I'm gonna keep on keeping yeah, on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me such a chuckle because you know, I mean, he calling him a fox. Why? Why is it calling people a fox? I mean, I know why, but I mean, it just is funny to hear. You know, Jesus is humorous. I mean, like I've said before, and you say it all the time. Okay, babe. Uh, okay, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have supply. You have supply. Because a sly is like a what? What is it? What does the fox represent? Well, a, a cunning, baffling, yeah. a, you know, uh-huh. a, 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 a sly kind of. Uh, not a scrupulous, not 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 any integrity person. Is he not? But it's interesting. He didn't say that to Pilate. He said it to Pharaoh. No, not to Pharaoh. To uh, that other cat. Harold, Harold, who was the leader of Jerusalem. Okay, it says a fox could represent secret sins. I'm just looking at if you have a dream. It says, 
the craftiness of man or enemies of the cross. Dreaming a fox could indicate skill for evil. So yeah, not a, a fox is not a good. Oh, a fox may represent a stealer or attacker of the sheep, God's people. Mm, oh yeah, there you yeah. go. That better puts it. So technically, but it, you know, I mean, I never. This is the first time this popped out so nicely. It says, "I'm gonna keep on healing any day I want." <laughs> it's so cool. Okay, I'm. I'm All okay. right, honey. Thank you so we much. We did our job. Love you much. Thank you for working thing. with me. We did the one thing. We did the one thing. That's what I always got to keep my... What, what, we did the one thing. The one thing. What's the one thing? Focus on the Word of God. Oh, the Word of God before anything else, huh? Yes. Then we get our day. You know, yeah. sometimes it hits us so hard, the joy of the Lord, and everything from there is just cutting the butter easily. It, you know, and then, you know, when God works to... to I'm going to get an extra day because of this. We actually get extra days. We say, what day is this? And I say... It's actually, oh, man, I hear, I thought it was, in other words, he gives us our time back. Yes, he does. He Put does. first and everything else flows. And it prepares us for when we're talking to people, you know, that it can freely come out and, and encourage somebody, you know. Amen. Encourage the masses. Thank yes. you, God. Love you.